Hello, my name is Cheryl G, and I would like to welcome you to the Emmaus Abus podcast. This week, we will begin a new series entitled The One. In this series, we will discuss how Jesus yearns for the loss and longs for them to be in relationship with him. So let's get started and begin this week's episode of Emmaus Abus. The title of um, this week's episode is A Shepherd's Duty. We'll be reading from Ezekiel chapter 34, verses 2 through 6. But first, let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your love and goodness. Thank you for your kindness and mercy that follows us wherever we go. We bless your holy name and seek after your wisdom. Wisdom, Show us in your word today how to win the laws and demonstrate your love towards them daily. Lord, it is our desire to be vessels that give you glory in the earth. Lord, I humble myself right now. Only allow me to say what you would have me to say to your people. Not my words, just yours. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So let's read Ezekiel 34 verses 2 through 6. Ezekiel 34 Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God unto the shepherds. Woe be to the shepherds of Israel that do feed themselves. Should not the shepherds feed the flocks? Ye eat the fat, and ye clothe ye with the wool. Ye kill them that feed, but ye feed not the flock. The disease have ye not strengthened, neither have ye healed that which was sick, neither have ye bound up that which was broken, neither have ye brought again that which was driven away, neither have ye sought that which was lost. But with force and with cruelty have you ruled them. And they were scattered because there is no shepherd. They became meat to all the beasts of the field when they were scattered. My sheep wandered through all the mountains and upon every high hill. Yea, my flock were scattered upon the face of the earth and none did search or seek after them. Even though this prophecy was originally directed towards those in authority over the people of Israel, I believe that within the whole chapter lies a prophetic message for what ministers of the gospel should be doing in this hour. I believe that God is calling for church leaders to expand out past uh, their present congregations and return to seeking out those who are lost and searching for answers. God wants to expand the church to expand and to really begin to make a place for his lost sheep. Now, what I'm saying may offend some who will say, well, the church has always been open to serve everyone. But I would like to pose a question to you. Has the church really sought after those mentioned in verse four of Ezekiel? As I read that verse again, I want you to listen and allow the Holy Ghost to reveal to you who the lost really are. Verse four states, The disease have you not strengthened, neither have you healed that which was sick, neither have you bound up that which was broken, neither have you brought again that which was driven away, neither have you sought that which was lost, but with force and with cruelty have you ruled them. To reach the lost souls on this list, it's going to require compassion, time, and flexibility. In other words, the loss on this list usually reside beyond our church circles. The things that have happened to them are messy. They've been hurt by things that are not talked about in church. They have had traumatic experiences that have left things like shame, guilt, and bondage. 
But I believe that Jesus is bigger than any mess that has occurred to them. And because we are connected to him, we're able to meet their needs. Instead of mourning over losing the traditional way church has been done, it's time to scooch over, as the elders would say, and make room on the pew for the loss that God wants on his boat. Now, some may not like what I'm saying and will probably rebuff with statements that uh, we have to maintain the order because God is a God of order and uniformity is good. And I agree, God is a God of order. It's just that he's also a God of compassion. You cannot just defend the order and not allow his compassion to flow freely to the lost. Um, I have an example that I think will help uh, describe what I'm talking about. I was a special education teacher for about 18 years. And like all teachers, you go in each day with a lesson plan in mind of what you want your students to learn for the day. Um, I remember when I first started teaching that I would spend hours on the weekend planning for the upcoming week's lesson only to come in on Monday morning and have it totally blown out of the water because my students had another plan. Um, for instance, one student may have been told by a parent that you're worthless right before getting on the bus. So the anger and frustration that they were feeling may cause them not to be cooperative with you or your plan when they get to school. I also vividly remember that uh, when I worked in an alternative setting, uh, there was a period of a month or so where every Friday, two students would get into some type of disagreement that would occur at lunchtime. Now, the lunch in the setting was catered, and on Fridays, they always served chicken. Uh, during that month period, I remember that at lunchtime, two individuals would get into a fight, and somehow, all the chicken would end up on the floor. This is a true story. Their actions would then make all the other students and staff upset who look forward to a good meal on Friday. My point is this. During this crisis, the plan should not be exalted over ministering to the needs of others. Be flexible during this time and allow God to expand you to welcome in new believers. Be willing to learn new ways to reach the lost because God desires them and sent Jesus to draw them back to him. A plan that does not include bringing in the loss, in fact, is in direct opposition to God's plan. Today, I would like to close by just reading some statements about Jesus that illustrate why he is a good shepherd. There are um, 20 statements that are based on scriptures that are reflected on this week that epitomize who Jesus is. One, he humbled himself and took on the form of a servant. Two, he did not defend himself. Three, he laid down his life for the sheep. Four, he kept the greater in our salvation in mind. Five, he allowed God to exalt him. Six, he accepted that others did not see him correctly. Seven, he knew his true identity. Eight, he is acquainted with grief. Nine, he poured out his soul unto death. Ten, he was not esteemed by others, so he's able to empathize with the unesteemed. Eleven, he stands with us in the fire, so we are not left vacant or abandoned. Twelve, 
He was burnt. He has burned off our bondages and loose our bands. 13. He was made a grave with evil and rich men, but rose after three days. 14. He intercedes for the transgressors. 15. He has been rewarded for the travail of his soul. 16. He knew that his actions would justify many. 17. He received the portions of the great and the spoil of strong men. 18. The pleasure of the Lord prospers in his hand. 19. He will see his seed. 20. He has prolonged days. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Emmaus Abus. You can listen to other episodes of this podcast at EmmausAbus.com or on Podbean, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. Also, my new book, Emmaus Abus, is available in ebook form and can now be downloaded at Amazon.com. Join me next week for a new episode of Emmaus Abus. Have a blessed week.